up, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and you are listening to episode two of Sour, Sweet, and Spooky. Last week was so much fun. The show got over 50 downloads in just a day, which made me feel really, really happy. And I just wanted to say that I'm so thankful for you guys talking about the show, listening to it, sharing it with your friends. Plus, I got some really great feedback from some of you through Facebook and email. And I'm just really excited to keep going and to continue to bring you some awesome stories. I also wanted to let you all know before we start today that the Sour Sweet Spooky Shop is live on the website and there has been a full restock on everything plus a couple of new items. So I have stickers, pins, and magnets and they're all currently available. So check it out because the shop really does help support me and the show. Another thing I wanted to ask you all is what should I call you? All of my favorite podcasts have a name for their listeners. Like, and that's why we drink, have their boozers and shakers, and Crime Junkie has, well, their junkies. Morbid has their weirdos, but what do I have? Help me come up with a name for you. I'm just really excited for everything this show has coming, and this week should be just as fun as last, so I hope you are all ready for a brand new story. hotel with over 100 years of history awaits our arrival. A pink palace built for a lost love shows us that true love never really dies, and the spirits of wounded soldiers take us on a journey through time. Let's check in to the Don Cesar. There's an old play called the Maritana. It's an opera about a young gypsy street singer in Madrid. The young king, Charles II, has disguised himself as a peasant so he can wander the city in peace when he sees her and is taken by her beauty and talent. His devious minister sees his affections for Maritana and encourages it, secretly hoping that it will compromise the king's seat of power by exposing his infidelity and give the minister favor with the queen. The story continues when a down-on-his-luck nobleman named Don Cesar de Bazan is arrested and sentenced to death for dueling during Holy Week when all he was doing was defending a poor apprentice boy who was being mistreated by his master. Maritana sees Don Cesar's bravery and falls for him. Now, I don't want to spoil the whole play by giving you all of the details, but just so you know, Maritana and Don Cesar fall in love and live happily ever after. An orphaned young American boy named Thomas Rowe was raised by his Irish grandfather, and in the 1890s he was sent to study abroad in London. On no particularly special evening, he sat down to watch a performance of his favorite play. He was very fond of the opera and attended it quite often, but tonight he was mesmerized by the lead actress who played a character called Maritana. She was a young Spanish woman whose name was Lucinda. What was once an uneventful night became one to remember. The two met after the show, and like the main characters, they fell in love, nicknaming each other respectively Maritana and Don Cesar. 
The two would meet in secret by a fountain with a winged angel pouring water from a vase into the pond, surrounded by swans. You see, Lucinda's parents disproved of their relationship due to the family's religious differences, but that didn't stop their young love. They were to be married, but before they could run away together and elope, Lucinda's parents stole her away and brought her back to Spain. Thomas tried endlessly to write to Lucinda, only to have all of his letters returned to him unopened. Heartbroken, Thomas returned to the United States. He found a home and a wife named Mary in Virginia, but he wasn't happy. His true love was across the sea, and to her he wrote. Years passed and he continued to miss his lost love, and he missed the sea and alone, Thomas moved to St. Petersburg, Florida. He purchased 80 acres of land along the beach and began work on the construction of his dream, a tribute to his lost love, Lucinda, a hotel nicknamed the Pink Palace. What was originally only going to consist of 110 rooms and baths doubled. Thomas added a fountain on the first floor that was an exact replica of the one he and Lucinda frequented. In 1928, Thomas Rowe crowned the hotel the Don Cesar. The hotel officially opened on January 16, 1928, with an extravagant party that was attended by Tampa and St. Petersburg's elite. The Don Cesar quickly became a staple of the Roaring Twenties, and with the guests like Al Capone, Clarence Darrow, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Lou Gehrig, and Franklin D. Roosevelt, it rose to the top of everyone's charts. The New York Yankees signed a contract with the hotel to host the team during their spring training, and during the Great Depression, while other businesses floundered, this deal helped keep the hotel afloat. At last, he received a letter from Lucinda, a letter stating her final message. My dear Don Cesar, time is infinite. I wait for you by our fountain to share our timeless love. Our destiny is time. Historically, it was said that she was dying from consumption or tuberculosis, but others, including myself, believed she died from a broken heart. Her last words were that she would wait for Thomas Rowe forever. In 1940, Thomas Rowe died suddenly of a heart attack, and without having a will, the Don Cesar was left to his estranged wife. You know, the one he left in Virginia to build the hotel as a tribute to his long-lost love, Lucinda. Yeah, Mary. It's reported that Thomas tried to leave the hotel to his staff, but was unable to word his request before passing away. Mrs. Rowe let the building fall into disrepair, and in 1942, during the Second World War, it was purchased by the U.S. Army and turned into a military hospital. Now, if you know anything about the paranormal, something being turned into a military hospital basically screams future hauntings. The hotel stayed within the military's hands for years, going from a hospital to an Army Air Corps Center to an office for the VA administrations, but it was eventually vacated in 1967. The hotel then fell even farther into disrepair. Now covered in graffiti, paint chipping, landscaping overgrown, the city was set to tear it down, but local residents fought hard to keep it from being destroyed, and in March 1972, it was purchased, and just over a year later, in November 1973, it reopened. The Don Cesar is now known as one of the most haunted places in Florida and sits on the National Register of Historic Places and the National Trust of Historic Hotels of America. Now, with all that history crammed into just under 100 years, let's jump in to the spooky side of the Don Cesar. Though his untimely death in 1940, Thomas Rowe has never left the Don Cesar. His love for the hotel and all the hard work he put into it has kept his spirit strong. 
During his life, he lived on the fifth floor of the hotel, and it's said that that area is one of the most haunted. Shadows, strange noises, but his hauntings aren't really that scary. Maintenance and wait staff have doors open for them when their hands are full of big trays or large luggage. Items are pushed to be more secure on tables and trays. Guests are greeted by a man in a Panama hat that when approached, vanishes. The second and sixth floors are also said to be haunted and the ghost of a nurse is seen wandering the halls. This spirit is also seen around the kitchens, which had been used as a morgue during the hotel's time as a hospital. Thomas himself pops up from time to time in the kitchens, a quick glance to make sure things are running smoothly. One guest recounts a story about when he was wandering through the hotel one day during his stay. He actually spoke to a gentleman wearing a 30s-era white summer suit and a Panama hat. He was upstairs by a fountain, though not the original as that had been removed when the military took over the property, but another placed on a different floor. The man by the fountain asked the guests about his stay at the hotel. Thinking this man was a manager of some sort, he replied, very well, and went on with his stroll. Years later, the guest came across a book with the local history of St. Petersburg in it, a story of the Don Cesar and a photo of Thomas Rowe, the same man he saw that day by the fountain. A woman spoke of a lost pair of pearl earrings and was told later by staff that Lucinda liked pretty things. Other guests have claimed to wake up in the middle of the night to someone standing in their room only to have the figure disappear before they could really get their bearings, but they were convinced someone was in their room. Spirits of the lost soldiers that passed in the hotel, perhaps? The ballroom is reportedly haunted by the spirits of F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald, as it was one of the last times that they were together and happy. The couple had planned on staying at the hotel for several months, starting in January of 1932, but only a month in, Zelda developed a rash which became known as a precursor to her psychosis. Zelda ended up spending the rest of her life in and out of psychiatric hospitals, so it would make sense for her to return to when she was last happy, with her love dancing the night away at the Don Cesar Ballroom. Some guests still report hearing music playing faintly, but can't find where it's coming from. During restoration in the 1970s, the new owner came to check in on the progress, and when he introduced himself as the owner to the work crew, they said that they had already met the owner. In, in fact, he'd been there every day. The man wearing the white suit and a Panama hat, right? Thomas had asthma and was prescribed specialty cigarettes that dispersed medicine to his lungs. Seems counterproductive, but this was the early 1900s, so... Those cigarettes were said to have had an awful smell, but still, people report a strange odor from time to time. One story recounts that of a journalist that was staying at the hotel writing an article for a bridal magazine when she was woken up in the middle of the night by Thomas himself. He said to her, do not let her go on the ledge. The writer asked the staff the next morning if they had a ghost in the hotel and told them what happened. A few days had passed and no one dwelled on the writer's sightings. The show must go on, right? The team went up to the rooftop of the hotel, which is actually the patio area for the penthouse, and prepped for a photo shoot with a woman in a wedding dress. The photographer directed the model to go to the ledge to get a great shot of her in the ocean. But it was like a light bulb went off in the journalist's head, and she stopped the shoot. They went to go look at the ledge that they almost had the model climb up on to see that it was crumbling away. Any significant weight could have toppled that ledge. Thomas saved that model's life. Susan, who was a director of guest services for the hotel, had never actually seen Thomas Rowe herself, but often had experiences that made her think he's around. The elevators at the hotel are old, so they take their time going from floor to floor, but when she's busy, 
rushing to get something done for a guest or bring them something they've forgotten, the doors to the elevator seem to just open as she approaches. No need to press the call button. There's another story of a not-so-happy mother of the bride who wouldn't stop complaining about how everything going wrong was all the hotel's fault. She was shouting at the hotel's florist when suddenly all of the shelves in the refrigerators that held the flower arrangements for the wedding came crashing down. Needless to say, that momzilla zipped her lips very quickly and left quietly. I'd like to imagine Thomas laughing smugly in the corner. On the property is the Don Vista. It was built before the Don Cesar and is where Thomas lived while the hotel was under construction. It's said that there's a ghost of a young man seen frantically running around the Vista, and Thomas was said to have been pretty scattered and nervous during all of the construction. The ghost seems like he's just busy and trying to get things done. Another spirit lives on the second floor of the Vista, a woman that people have said is very friendly. With the hotel located on the ocean, the constant ebb and flow of the sea brings energy with it all day, every day. The perfect home for spirits to relive moments good and bad and for others to keep watch on their pride and joy. Though separated in life, to this day there are still reports of a young man in a Panama hat, arm in arm, strolling the grounds of the Don Cesar with a lovely young brunette wearing a fancy red dress. so much for listening. Today's story about the Don Cesar was a bit more sweet if you ask me, and if you are interested in finding out more information about today's show, you can check out my website, sowersweetspooky.com. You'll find some photos and all of my source links there, and like I said earlier, I have merch now, so stickers, pins, magnets, and I'm working on a couple other cool things I'm hopefully gonna have up soon. I'm kind of experimenting and testing things out, so keep checking out the site because I try to update it regularly. It's a really great way to support me and the show. I'm hoping to get some sponsors soon as well, but until then, and I mean even after that, purchases from my shop really do help keep things going. Also, it would be amazing if you could rate and review the show on whatever platform you're listening on. It really does help me out. And if you want, you can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's just at SourSweetSpooky. And my personal socials are at Jessica Lemon. You can also reach out to me through the email, which is just sowersweetspooky at gmail.com or Facebook messages or Instagram DMs, really any of it I'm pretty on top of. And I'd love to hear more from you all. Send in recommendations for future stories, questions, comments, just stop by and say hello. I would absolutely love to chat with you. And again, thank you all so much for listening. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and I'll see you all next week with a new story. And remember, stay sour, stay sweet, stay spooky.